earlier this week, uh, my brother and sister-in-law gave birth to their first child. I went from having uh, no uh, nieces or nephews on my on my side uh, to having two within like the last three months. So that's awesome. They're, they're multiplying. Uh, but my older brother, he it was him and his his uh, wife. My older brother, he's like uh, 36, 37. Can't remember. 37, I think. Um, but they've been trying for a while to have that child, and it was it was a miracle child. Um, they had tried for many years and, and were unsuccessful. She had health complications, and uh, it just didn't look like it was going to be likely. They, they had uh, other issues as well. But uh, last year, uh, Adriana, she went to a ladies' event in America that the mother-in-law, Gina Gretsch, was preaching at, and uh, they prayed specifically for her that she would uh, have a baby. And just over a year later, Jude was born. Amen. I was still to testify about that. Uh, but there is a reason of share, for sharing that, because while uh, my sister-in-law was in labor, uh, my brother Mike, he messaged me. He was freaking out. Like he, he was stressing so much. And my, my brother's already a bit of a stressor, but then you put him in a situation like this, it's like, oh. And, uh, and so he, he messaged me, and he asked for prayer. He said things weren't progressing as he thought they should, uh, he was struggling, not that she was struggling, he was struggling. And uh, normally with the first pregnancy, that's the way, right? It, it, as, a, as a dad, you have like this thing that you think is going to happen, and it never goes to play, ever. Uh, it, I'll, I'll leave the moms out there, because they're the ones that are the, the true heroes. Um, and so, you know, I, I know that, uh, that the bulk of the, the, uh, the labor, or the bulk of the pregnancy, is obviously on moms, not only do they their uh, bodies change, but at the end of the pregnancy, that's the hardest part. It's like you go through the whole pregnancy, and the hardest part is right uh, at the end. And this human somehow has to move from inside of you to outside of you. <laughs> and, uh, and so it's always super difficult for the mom, so that doesn't escape me. But while I was communicating with my brother, uh, I was reminded of when Steph was in labor with Ava for uh, our, our uh, first child. And it was incredibly difficult for me because I just felt powerless. Like you dads who are here, when they go through childhood, you just feel like you're useless. You can't do anything. And they're, they're facing this battle, and they're kind of all on their own. And, and you're just kind of there uh, on the journey. You know, Steph was engaged in this painful struggle, and there wasn't really much I could do about it. I could get her, like, ice. I could hold her hand. I could rub her back. Uh, I could get frustrated with the nurse because they're not doing what I thought they should do. Uh, but there's not much you can do. You just feel like a bystander at times. And yet you are part of this pregnancy as well. And I can imagine that this is what Joseph felt like uh, as he was traveling the 145 kilometers from Nazareth to Bethlehem. You see, we, we talk about them, Mary and Joseph traveling from Nazareth to Bethlehem. Like, you know, you just hop on the car and, you know, get on the M1 and go 30 minutes down the road. But no, they, were, they traveled 145 kilometers to get from Nazareth back to Bethlehem, and she was fully pregnant. This was, uh, most people uh, say that this was probably a four-day journey that they were on. And all the while, he's probably got these questions in his mind, where are they going to stay? You know, was Mary all right? Was she getting through this? How was the baby? And they arrive into Bethlehem for the census, and while they're there, uh, 
his his worst uh, his his worst uh, imaginations happen. She starts going into labor, and Joseph does the best that he can, securing a stable for them. And it is there that Mary gives birth to her firstborn son. The Bible says they wrapped him in clothes and laid him in a manger or a feeding trough. That is uh, where Jesus was born. Now let's read the following verses that are found in Luke chapter 2, starting at verse 8, reading through to verse 14. So Mary has just given birth, and just following that, starting in verse 8, in the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. The angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today, in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. And so today, I bring you good news of great joy. Amen. And I want to talk to you about great joy. There are many things uh, during the season that bring us joy. It could be the mouths of seafood that are in my fridge waiting for us to devour tomorrow. Uh, it, it could be the presents that you're going to be giving out to your kids or the ones that you're going to be receiving whether that's tonight or tomorrow. It could be the time that you're going to spend with your family over the next uh, few days. Or it could be the car park that you find close to uh, the shopping center entr entrance when you're going Boxing Day sale shopping. Uh, who knows what brings you joy during this time. It could even be uh, the making of a beautiful meal for your family. I don't understand that. I don't understand that in, in my wife. I like smoking meat, but I don't enjoy it. I kind of just do it. You know, I like eating Steph's just like, I love to cook. That's so much work. Why would you love to do that? But apparently you guys do love that. So some of you may be enjoying making a beautiful meal for your family. Or uh, you could be reading uh, bedtime stories to your grandkids over the next uh, few days. You may even listen to Joy to the World or uh, Joyful, Joyful, We Adore Thee. This is a joy-filled time of you. But what is great joy? Not just joy, but great joy. In the New King James Version of your Bible, the word joy is mentioned nearly 200 uh, times in 200 verses. Joy is mentioned as one of the fruit of the Spirit. In Psalms, we are instructed to shout with joy to the Lord and to sing joyfully. We are encouraged that weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. The Bible is full of scriptures that talk about joy. But we're not just talking about joy today. We're talking about great joy. This is a joy that goes beyond the normal experience, that goes beyond uh, what would normally take place. When the angel of the Lord appeared to the shepherds in the field, they frightened him. But the angel quickly quieted their fears when he said, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people for today. In the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Today, the Savior is born. The one that we have been talking about. 
the one that we have been dreaming about, the one that we have been praying for, the Savior is born. He has come. The Messiah has come. Glory to God in the highest. And I feel like uh, these lines from Oh Holy Night, they, they sang that earlier today in Sydney at our service. I think we sang it a couple weeks ago here at our Christmas celebration. But I believe these lines captured it perfectly. It always uh, spurs within me when I hear these lines, a thrill of hope. The weary world rejoices. Think about that. When Jesus was born, there was this thrill of hope, and the weary world rejoiced. For yonder breaks a new and glorious form. Fall on your knees. Oh, hear the angel voices. O oh, night divine, O oh, night when Christ was born. Can you imagine how they must have felt that evening? The shepherds, they're just out walk, watching their sheep at, at night, and out of nowhere, this angel appears to them. Imagine, their whole world is turned upside down. In one moment, everything had changed. They went from a normal evening and a normal night looking after normal sheep, and now they live in a reality where the Savior is here, the Messiah is here. He has come. He is here. The future Savior was no longer a story shared by old men, but He is here. No more watching and waiting, no more, no more hoping and praying, only joy, great joy. Hallelujah. Matthew, in his account of the birth of Jesus, also mentions great joy. But this time, it is reference to the wise men who had come from the east to meet this king who had been born. Listen to this in Matthew chapter 2, starting at verse 9 and reading through to verse 10. Matthew chapter 2, starting at verse 9, reading through to verse 10. After hearing the king, these are the wise men, they went their way, and the star which they had seen in the east went on before them until it came and stood over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Amen. When the wise men saw the star, when they saw the end of their journey for this king, they rejoiced with great joy. They were overwhelmed when they realized that the child was so close. The child that they had been searching for, this, this king that had been prophesied about, he was so close. So they rejoiced with great joy. In both circumstances, this great joy leads to praise and worship. In both circumstances, it leads, leads us to a place of praise and worship. In Luke chapter 2, the heavenly host, they appeared to the shepherds praising God. The heavenly host was praising God and declaring glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. When there was great joy, all of heaven was praising God. Glory to God in the highest. And then after the shepherds saw the child lying in the manger, the Bible says that they left and went back glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen. And it wasn't just them. When the wise men, when they saw the child in Matthew chapter 2, before they gave him the famous gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, before they gave it to him, the gifts that they had brought, they fell down and they worshipped him. When we realize who Jesus is and what he means to us, it should always lead us to worship. Right. That's why the songs this, this afternoon were so powerful. When we talk about 
Jesus and who he is and how beautiful his name is and, and how, what he has done in our life and moves us to a place of worship because we understand who he is in our life. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. We understand that, that we're not just gathering together, but this is a place where we can experience the King of Kings. You see, Jesus, he's the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. The Bible says that the creator has become creation in Jesus Christ. In him, in Jesus, all the fullness of God dwells bodily. The God of all glory has come to visit humanity. He is the Prince of Peace. He is the Lord of Lords, the mighty God in Christ, the Savior of the world. That is the Jesus that we worship. That is the Jesus that we sing about, that we gather about. That is who we are celebrating today. There is great joy because we know who Jesus is. Right. There is great joy because we know who he is in our life. He isn't just a Christmas character or some sort of legend that has been birthed through society. No, he is God in flesh and he has come to save humanity. That is why there is great joy. God in flesh come to save us. The Savior is born. That is why we worship him. That is why we praise his name because we know who he is. Right. Hallelujah. I want you to notice something that the angel of the Lord said to the shepherds that day. Not only did he say that he had good news. He said that he had good news for them and that there was great joy because of the birth of Christ the Lord. But listen to this. Do not be afraid. Behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. This was going to be for all the people. This wasn't just good news for some people. This wasn't just good news for God's chosen people. But this was great joy for all the people. It was for everybody. Hallelujah. It was for everybody. It didn't matter where they came from. It didn't matter their background. It didn't matter where they were born. Where they were at society, Jesus came for them. He was the Savior of the world for everybody. That is good news, hallelujah. That is good news. Your Savior has come. During his ministry, Jesus told a man by the name of Zacchaeus, a tax collector. He was hated by his own people. And Jesus told that man that he had come to seek and to save the lost. That is why he had come. He had come to seek and to save that which was lost. He came to save those who were lost. He, he came to free those who found themselves bound by sin. That is why there is great joy. Because you can find freedom in this place today. That is why there is great joy. Because you don't have to leave the same way that you came. But you can leave in freedom. You can leave in joy. You can leave with peace in your heart. You can leave with, with sanity in your mind. Hallelujah. You have the opportunity to experience His love and His grace this evening. A love that is everlasting and a grace that is enough. His grace is enough. His love is everlasting. That is great joy. His salvation is for everybody. Amen. As I hurry to a close, if I could please get Steph to come. His salvation is for everybody. This was not the only time that the New Testament writers mentioned great joy. Matthew mentions it again in Matthew chapter 28. When the women who went to visit the tomb of Jesus were told that he had risen from 
the grave, there was great joy. Luke mentions it in Luke chapter 24, after Jesus ascended into heaven following his resurrection. He wrote that the disciples returned to Jerusalem with great joy. They were waiting for the promise of the Father that was going to come. There was great joy in the city of Samaria when the gospel was preached and the people were healed in Acts chapter 8. The church rejoiced with great joy when they heard from Paul and Barnabas that the Gentiles had been converted in Acts chapter 15. Very limited amounts of it, but in each occurrence, it's an amazing occurrence. Jesus is born. Jesus rises from the grave. Jesus ascends into heaven. The Holy Spirit is poured out. Lives are changed. The door is open to the Gentiles. All moments of great joy. And in all of these occurrences, the great joy is experienced by different groups of people or individuals. But I want to show you one more passage before we finish up this evening. It is found in a book that we, we don't often reference. In fact, uh, this book only has one chapter. And if you have a physical Bible, which not many of us do nowadays, but if you have a physical Bible and you're flipping through the pages of your Bible, you might actually just skip completely over this chapter. That's how short it is. Just, just a few verses, just over 20 verses in this chapter. But listen to this from Jude 24. Or Jude chapter 1, verse 24. Now to him, and this is talking about God, the him is in reference to God. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. You see, this time it's not a group of people. It's not an individual that is experiencing great joy. But this time it is God himself that is celebrating with great joy. When those of us who have been born again enter into his presence, when we come before his throne room, when we enter into his presence, he rejoices with great joy. God rejoices over you. God rejoices over me. How amazing is his love toward us. Not only did he come to this earth for us, but he rejoices over you with great joy when you are in his presence. Yes, yes, we should rejoice because he is born. Yes, the heavens rejoice because he was born. Yes, we rejoice because of the birth of our Savior. We celebrate that He came for us. But this Christmas, I want you to remember that while you're rejoicing over Him, He rejoices over you. Now while you rejoice over the Savior that has come for you, He is rejoicing with great joy as you enter into His presence. You can be upstanding as I come to a close. The Bible, in fact, says that when we are born again, not only does He rejoice, but all of heaven rejoices over one person who comes back to the Father.
that is how great his love is for us. That not only did he come, but he sees you. He knows you. And he is rejoicing over you. Remember that this Christmas, that he is rejoicing over you. Lord, God, we thank you for your presence in this place. We thank you, Lord, for the word that you have given us here tonight. You have spoken directly into our hearts of God. Jesus, we rejoice with great joy because of what has happened, because of what this season represents, that you came, that you are the Savior, that Christ has come. We rejoice with great joy. But, Lord, we are so grateful that you rejoice over us. That when we enter into your presence, it doesn't matter how many there is of us. It could just be one. But when we enter into your presence, you are able to keep us. You are able to sustain us. You are able to hold us. And not only that, you rejoice over us with great joy. Thank you, God. I thank you, Father, for your love. I thank you, Lord, for your mercy and for your grace. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you have done in our life and what you are going to do. We praise you in this place here this evening. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. I want to give you an opportunity to meditate on the word. It's just a moment of worship as we sing a, few, a song or two at the conclusion of this message. But I will give you an opportunity to respond to the word of the Lord here today. There is great joy, not only on earth, but in heaven above, there is great joy. Amen. Let's spend some moments of prayer. Let's spend some moments of worship.